Very cool. Well, hey, we are in week two of a series called Here and Now. And last week I opened up talking about uh, really the state of our church. I, I preached in the second half of my message was going through really over the last few years, uh, yeah, last few years, the amazing things that God has done in and through our church. And I told you, we broke down our vision statement and I told you essentially that the state of our church is strong. Um, giving has been up and involvement is up, attendance is up. Um, thousands of people have given their lives to Christ over the last few years. Just in the last two and a half years, uh, over 4,500 people have come for the very first time to our church and filled out a new here card. So a lot of great things are happening in our church. And, and, I, and I talked last week about how the hand of God is with us and we're strong, but we're not strong to talk about how strong we are. We're strong for a very specific reason, to make an impact in our community. And so here and now, the premise of this is this. You know, we hear stories about how God has done things all through history, how God is doing things still today in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And last week I asked the question, is it possible for what God did back then for him to do today? Yes. If he did it then, he can do it now. If he did it there, he can do it here. Do you guys believe that? And so we're a church that believes it. I talked a few minutes ago when I was up here about expectation and faith. Faith has been our word. Faith has been our mentality. We cannot limit God. We have to understand that God can outgive us, God outplans us, he's ahead of us, and we have to have the faith to keep up with what he is doing. All of this over the next few weeks is pointing toward December 4th, our heart for the house offering. And I shared a verse last week, it's kind of our anchor verse for this series, Psalm 26, eight says this, Lord, I love the refuge I find in your house, the place where your glory dwells. King David wrote that. I love the refuge I find in your house. You know, I, I talked last week about the state of our church is strong. It's all going toward December 4th being a heart for the house offering. I asked you at the end of last week's message, I'm asking you to have a heart for this house. Why? Because we believe that God wants to do something special right now in our city right now. And we set a vision last week of above and beyond offering a larger number than we've ever set for our heart for the house. The largest number we've ever set uh, goal-wise is 350,000 in one offering. And every time we've set a goal, we've hit it, but our, our word is faith. And we're building a brand new campus on, on, on Wyoming and Alameda. It's gonna be our North Campus, Citizen Church North. And what I cast last week and what I'm gonna talk about every week in this series is $500,000 is our goal on December 4th, and we believe when that $500,000 comes in, we know that we can completely finish that campus. It's a miracle story, and I want you to, to go, and, and if you weren't here, to watch the message from last week, and I tell the story about how we're able to do this financially as a church. But we know pointing toward December 4th, Heart for the House is a sacrificial offering. I am not in the business, nor should I be, in telling you what you have to give. That's between you and God. But what I'm asking every person that calls Citizen Church home to do is to pray and say, God, what do you want me to give in that offering as we contribute to expansion and growth and life change? And we believe that God multiplies sacrifice. You with me on that? Awesome. So today, week two, here and now. God wants to do something here, and he wants to do something now, I'm gonna ask you this question. How many of you guys love vacations? You like vacations? How many feel like you just need a vacation right now? Right now. I, I perpetually feel like I need a vacation, right? Every time someone goes on a trip on social media, I'm like, oh, oh, I wanna be there, right? 
I love vacations because when you go to new cities, I have a very, very, very distinct tourist mentality. A tourist mentality is when you go to a new city, you just go and you just take. I just take. You know, I'll go to a city, I'm like, I want the best food, I want the best this. That city exists for my vacation, right? That place, you, I mean, I'm landing, I'm like, you don't even know. I'm looking out the window, you don't even know. You exist for me, right? That's what we do when we go on vacation. We have a tourist mentality of this place exists for me. And that's okay on a vacation, that's okay. But it's not okay to have a tourist mentality when it comes to church, the kingdom of God, and what God wants to do in the cities we live in right now. This place, this neighborhood, we cannot have. We cannot have a tourist mentality in the neighborhood we live in. Well, I'm only gonna live here for a couple of years. This is just a starter home. It's just a stepping stone. I don't even wanna get to know the neighbors. I mean, Albuquerque, you know, it's just so far gone. You know, I, I mean, I have a tourist mentality. I'm just gonna take, take, take. No, this is what's so interesting. For however long you live here, however long you live in your neighborhood, for however long you are around the people you're around at work, God has not called you to hang on for dear life until you get to the real destination. He's called you for such a time as this, for right now, to make a difference in the lives of people. A tourist mentality takes, but churches don't have a tourist mentality. Christians don't have a tourist mentality. We have a resident mentality. I'm letting my roots down. I'm, I'm going to let my roots grow deep. I'm going to invest while I'm here. And this is a biblical principle, Old and New Testament, but there's an Old Testament story, I believe, that just um, sets us up perfectly with this topic. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29. What's happening in this story? King Nebuchadnezzar has conquered his first wave of conquering Jerusalem, and he has captured many people of different generations, but primarily younger, influential, um, upper-class people from Jerusalem, bringing them into Babylon. And the goal was to get Babylon into them so they would become Babylonian, right? And then so when he really captured all of Jerusalem, when he brought all the Israelites in, the people that were most influential by that time had already become Babylonian, then everybody else would too. So while they're there, while the Israelites are there, they kind of have these self-appointed prophets on the inside because they're still Israelites in Jerusalem on the outside. But they've kind of have these prophets that have risen up that aren't really speaking on behalf of God. They're speaking on behalf of what they know the people want. What would the people want who are in captivity? Not to be in captivity. They don't wanna be there very long. So these self-proclaimed prophets are rising up saying, here's what God says. You're not gonna be here for very long. Build tents, set up tents on the outside of the city. Don't put down roots. Don't marry off your kids. Don't make this place home. But then Jeremiah, the real prophet at this time, God speaks to him and he gets a letter into the people who are there and this is where we pick up in verse one of Jeremiah 29. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse four, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Can you imagine being these people as this scroll's being read? The complete opposite of what the other people said. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. 
Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This doesn't sound like something God would do, but he's doing it. The false prophets were saying, you're not gonna be here for very long. Just make it temporary. Stay in the suburbs. Starter homes. God says, no, 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 no. I have you here for as long as I have you here. Settle in. Make this place home. You know, we live in a city like Albuquerque that it's pretty transient, and we all know the economic problems and crime problems and all that. We get it. But what I'm noticing more and more and more is people have a tourist mentality. I can't wait to get out of here. I'm only here for a year or two. While you're here, God's saying, make this place home. You're part of the transformation story. You know, that's the real Babylon that we're talking about in the Old Testament. But today we live in a figurative Babylon with where society is, a society that has walked away from God. And we are in a Babylon today. I wanna show you a few statistics. This is the percent of those in each generation alive today who identify as non-religious in the US. And I want you to watch the progression here. The silent generation is 15%. 15% of the silent generation were non-religious. Baby boomers, 23%. 28% of Gen X. 33% of millennials. 41% of Gen Z. And Gen Alpha coming after Gen Z is expected to, be, to exceed 50% in our country. Multiple generations, one lifetime, that's how quick the progression is from a country that was founded on God, a country that it used to be normal to walk into a high school and say I'm a Christian and not be ridiculed. Just uh, not too, oh, it was kind of long ago for me. Not too long ago, I mean just like the other day. When I was in high school, it, it wasn't like celebrated but I could say I was a Christian. It was normal for people to say, oh yeah, we go to that church, we go to that church. Today, you're ostracized, pushed out, made fun of. If you're a Christian in a classroom, don't open your mouth. We live in a Babylon, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But for whatever reason, the reason's you, but for whatever reason, God didn't choose for you to be alive and born and living and here in this city, in this Babylon. He chose it right now. Not for the hundreds of years before this, not into the future hundreds of years, right now. The problems we see around us, we're the solution to those problems. We are here for such a time as this. But just like the Israelites in the Old Testament, we are exiles in this Babylon. First Peter 2.11 says this. Peter calls us exiles. Dear friends, I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world. These three words in this scripture are saying one thing, and it literally means he's calling us resident aliens. That's the term. That's the term that God has for us while we're on earth, resident aliens. What does it mean? Resident meaning this is home. I'm supposed to, I'm called to become a part of the social and economic fabric of this society as a change agent. I'm not called to set up a tent and live on the outskirts figuratively. I'm called to get involved and to put down roots. I'm a resident, I'm not a tourist. And then though, we're not just residents, we're resident aliens, meaning it's, we're still not quite like everyone else. There's got to be a difference. There's got to be something distinctive about us or we will become Babylonian, like in the story. We know in the story that God calls the people there to live and love Babylon, 
but he said, don't become Babylonian. Stay Israel. And it's the same thing that God is calling us. Make this place home or else home won't change. This won't change. But don't forget, your ultimate home is not here. It's not here. It's the entire premise of the name of our church, the vision of our church. We are citizens of heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Meaning, meaning, our ultimate home is heaven. In the story in the Old Testament, God through the prophet Jeremiah says, in over 70 years, you're gonna go home. You're going back to Jerusalem, but it's not for a while. So while you're here, be here. And God's telling us one day, we're ultimately gonna go home to heaven. But while we're here, be here. I want Jesus to come back tomorrow too, but he may not. He may not come back tomorrow. I might live until I'm 158, hopefully. I don't know how long I'm gonna live, but while I'm here, while I'm living, while I'm breathing, I'm going to be a citizen of heaven, bringing heaven to earth. That's what we're called to do. It's God's design. He has it designed this way for a very specific reason. Um, just a few minutes ago and last week a lot, I talked about our North Campus that is opening in 2023. I'm, I'm very excited about this building. We believe because of the circumstances through prayer and how this came to us, we believe this is absolutely God. This offering on December 4th is not about a building. It's about life change. It's about making a difference in the city, in the lives of people with physical and spiritual renewal. But it's also about the fact that a little bit different than this campus, our main central campus is a little bit more industrial area. There are neighborhoods, but we're in an industrial area. We have a unique opportunity with Citizen North to be strategically placed in the middle of a neighborhood, on the drive to four major schools, right in the middle of a neighborhood, to make a difference in the everyday lives of people. That's what church is supposed to be, a neighborhood church, a family church. And we have a unique opportunity to do it. And the title of my message today, took me a long time to get there. <laughs> Don't worry, it's in the middle of my sermon, so we're good. The title of my message today is Known in the Neighborhood. What do we wanna be known in the neighborhood for? And we gotta remember, God has you here for a reason, validated in Acts 17, 26. From one man, he made all the people of the world. Now they live all over the earth. I love this part. He decided exactly when they should live. And he decided exactly where they should live. If you've ever wondered why you're in Albuquerque, now you have your answer. God is sovereign. And he decided exactly when, and he decided exactly where. It's the same thing for corporately, for us as a church, not just for you as an individual. Because this property opened up and we're moving there, God decided exactly when and he decided exactly where for a very specific reason for us to make a difference in a neighborhood and in the lives of people. What do we wanna be known for in the neighborhood? Number one, if you're taking notes, we wanna be known for taking full responsibility for the neighborhood. We wanna be known for taking full responsibility. The days are over where a church can get by with being in a city or being in a neighborhood pretending like the outside world doesn't exist. Those days are over. We wanna take full responsibility for where God has us. We're taking full responsibility of the members of our church, but also full responsibility for the people who don't go to our church. 
Someone asked me not too long ago what it was like being a pastor of the people who go to Citizen Church. I'm like, well, it's awesome. But I've never just viewed myself as being the pastor of the people who go to our church. I viewed myself as being commissioned to pastor people who don't go to our church, who will never go to our church, who think they never will go to our church, who don't wanna go to church, who don't like me because I'm a pastor. I still feel responsible, responsibility, and I still feel called to minister to people. We as a church are called to take full responsibility. Whether they're Christians or non-Christians, we're called to love and invest in everyone, not just for the members of our church, but for the whole neighborhood. Last week, I talked about the strength of, of our church right now. We are truly blessed by God. I said last week, I read a scripture where we plant a seed, but it is God who makes things grow. He's allowed us to be strong. But Romans 15, two, I love this passage, says this. Strength, though, is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? This is the resident mentality, not the tourist mentality. The tourist mentality is, I'm here. How can you help me? I need help. It's not, it's not bad to need help. Ask for help. But our posture as believers is to say, I'm here to help. I'm in my neighborhood to help. I'm on this team to help. I'm in this workplace to help. Not just physically in a sense of work, but also spiritually. Knowing that God has you in all of those places for a very specific reason. We as Christians are committed to seeing ourselves as responsible for the people around us. I think this is interesting. Everything in the Bible, post Acts chapter two, Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes, it's the initiation of the church. Everything in the Bible after Acts chapter two is about God operating in a specific place through specific people for a specific purpose. Everything, everything about the church and Christianity. God operating through specific people in a specific place for a specific purpose. Here where we are now, you're the specific people. This is the specific place. And the purpose is to see the physical and spiritual renewal of cities and nations, restoring hope, restoring hope and purpose to every person. We have to stop seeing cities as an entity and know that cities are made up of people. Stop looking at a neighborhood as streets and start seeing a neighborhood as people. Stop seeing the problems in a city and start seeing people who need help with their problems. We're called to the neighborhood. We're called to make a very specific difference for a very specific purpose. But what's happened is most of our lives are online now. Everything is digital. I'm not against all of that. But the problem is sometimes because of all that, we forget that our main calling as Christians is to be present where we are, not lost on social media in a land of what could be or where we wish we were, but here, present in our home, present in our neighborhood, present in our church. Our lives have become so fast paced, we can't keep up with everything and then we're wondering what's happening to society. God's calling us to be present. The second thing we need to be known for is being open to the community. What do we wanna be known for in the neighborhood? Taking full responsibility, number two, being open to the community. What does it mean to be open to the community? I wanna read Jeremiah 29, four through seven in the message translation. I love this wording. It says, this is the message from God to all the exiles I've taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, and I love this phrasing, 
Make yourselves at home. Put in gardens and eat what grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in that country and not waste away. Again, make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If it goes well for Babylon, things will go well for you. Now imagine this in context. This person in front of all these people that are on the outskirts, they're all looking around at their tents. They'd all been telling their kids, stay here, don't go anywhere. They haven't gotten jobs because they think, because they've listened to false prophets, that God's gonna take them out of captivity. I believe that revival is absolutely still possible for our country. But I also know that revival happens through us, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he's calling us to make ourselves at home. Make ourselves at home. You know, like when you have a guest come over to your house and you go, make yourself at home. You don't mean that. <laughs> you never mean that. Because if they made themselves at home, they're gonna walk around half dressed. They're gonna eat everything. They're gonna take off their jacket if they're a kid and throw it on the floor, kick their shoes all over the living room. They're, I mean, that, they don't, you don't want them to make themselves at home. But you know what's cool about this? God means it. God means it. He's saying, I have you here for a reason and I want you to make yourself at home. Settle down, be here, make a difference. Be a part of the economic and social fabric of this city. Work your way into it, to love people, to be the change agent everywhere we go, everywhere we go. I am um, looking at this point about being open to the community. I, our desire, and even talking with Pastor Paul Reyes, who was the pastor at Eagle Rock Worship Center, which is becoming the North Campus. He's on our staff now, an amazing man, amazing pastor. When I first met with him about merging our churches and that campus becoming our North Campus, I said, what are your dreams for this area? What, what, did, what did you feel like God spoke to you? And he said, I, I've always felt like God wanted this spot to be a community center in this neighborhood. And as he told me that, something just sparked in my heart and I knew that God had spoken him, that to him, and I was gonna carry the baton with it. We, we want this area, it's in the middle of a neighborhood on Alameda in Wyoming. We want it to have a community center feel and vibe and openness about it. What do I mean? What do I mean? I found uh, some research from Lifeway Research in 2021, some statistics about people, non-Christians, and their openness, whether or not they're open to go to church, and a lot of it has to do with the community um, center feel. It said this, 33%, only 33% of unchurched Americans are interested in ever attending a worship service at a local church. That's kind of daunting. Only one third would ever be interested in attending. But 65% would enroll their children in a church, childcare, and or preschool program if affordable. Only 33% would ever go to church, but why would 65% enroll their kids? Because... I think even non-Christians are starting to understand the importance of foundational, eternal Christian education and Christian principles. One of the things we've, no promises with this, I, I, as it moves closer, I will talk to you more. But one of the things we've been having meetings about what we feel God is calling us to do with this property is to eventually have a childcare and preschool in this building for the neighborhood and more affordable than any other Christian education with the top level Christian education in our city. We believe God, I believe God has really spoken, and I think it's such a need for the next generation to know the principles of the word of God and to have a safe place when they are younger so they can be fully equipped to not become Babylonian 
in Babylon. And I, I think it's huge, yeah. So as that starts to come to pass, we will keep you in the loop on that, but we just felt like that from the very beginning. I think this is interesting too. 50% of people would take part in a community service event. Only 33% would go to church, but 50% would be a part of that church's community service event. Well, the good news is we do community service stuff almost every single day of the week, and people want to be a part. So they're seeing it. People see the church as a community center, what I'm trying to show you, they are more likely to want to give it a chance and to be involved. 45% would attend a, a concert as a venue, a church as a venue for a concert. I don't know if we'll have concerts, but I'm open to it. If it gets people in the door, 46% would utilize a free sports program. One of the things that's on our plans, but our heart for the house offering, we have to hit our goal. One of the things on our plans is to have sports courts on the corner of our property. It's already designed to have a basketball court and pickleball court and a sand volleyball court right there on the property at our North Campus. It's across the street from La Cueva High School. It's close to Hope Christian. It's close to Desert Ridge Middle School and North Star Elementary. Our dream would be to have that property full of the next generation. I grew up in a, in a church world where people, if a little kid was running in church or playing sports on the property, even in the parking lot, they would say, don't kick that ball. This is God's house. This is God's property. Don't run in these hallways. This is God's house. I'm not that pastor. I'm like, you run through this church. You kick that ball. This is not God's property. This is God's property, but this is what God wants on his property, is you playing and having fun and being here. Sometimes I think God says, you're, we've made something so holy, a place, a parking lot, a building, that it's untouchable. When Jesus is the one who said, let the little children come to me, right? So we want this to be a community center for the next generation. 45% would utilize a coffee shop if it was conducive for work and study. Again, strategically placed. I've got really good news on that note. We are going to have a coffee shop and we are vamping up our coffee shop like crazy, and yeah, you can clap to that. And while you're clapping, I wanna invite Lindsay Baldwin to the stage. She's our community director. Give her a hand as she comes. One of several of, of Lindsay's roles on staff is overseeing our, our coffee shop here at this building. And we'll, we'll talk in a second about the difference in mentality of what we're gonna have, uh, what we have here versus what we're gonna have at North. Now remember, what I've been talking about a lot is in this message is being a part of the solution to the economy, getting involved in the economic and social fabric of our city. So um, I'll say this too before I turn it over to you, Lindsay. Um, if I go to, if, just bear with me on this, and I think you're the same, and you can, okay, be with me. If I go to a new city, or if I'm traveling, if I'm looking up coffee shops on Yelp, anybody coffee people in here? You just coffee people? If I'm looking up coffee shops on Yelp, and if I saw a coffee shop was at a church, Guess which coffee shop I'm not going to? The one at the church. Why? I'll tell you why. Let's be, if we're being super honest, Christians, by and large, are notorious for lack of excellence and lack of quality in their products. I believe that if we turn that and flip that upside down, it would spark such interest in people 
if the level of excellence and quality was sky high and through the roof. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start off by saying that North is not going to be a copy and paste of what we have right now with the coffee shop, although we've done some amazing things. Um, this location is going to be a different prototype. You know, you've been hearing about the drive-through mm-hmm. um, that we're working on, and so it's going to be a, a different thing. It's yeah. going to be a different thing. I don't and know if you guys caught that. We're having a drive-through. Yeah. A drive-through. Drive yes, that's a very big deal. Very big deal. Drive-through. Okay, and I do want to say, too, I want to recognize our Citizen Coffee volunteer team because you guys are absolutely amazing, and we would not be where we are today with the coffee shop without you guys. So It's all volunteer it run. It's all amazing. volunteers. All volunteers. So with that, I thought we might take a look around the coffee shop, check yeah. out some renderings. What do you guys think? Yes. Um, okay, this is very exciting. Very exciting. So um, you can see we've got a lot of equipment. We've got new equipment, some great equipment, um, espresso machine, grinders, registers. Um, this is just one view. The, uh, here's the other side, more registers and equipment. And this, is looking, this is looking into the this atrium, into, into the, the lobby. lobby. Yeah. Exactly, yep. And then um, we'll kind of go back to this other side. There on the right side, you can see that drive-through window on the inside. So um, it's going to be quite the operation. We are doing a lot of planning right now with that. And it's just exciting to see some rough visuals. There's the outside, um, the drive-through window on the outside, and that line of cars will um, be down the the building there and even around the corner, maybe, you know? So yeah, yeah. and then I want to talk about team, too. So... We've got two streams of team that we're looking at for this location of the coffee shop. The first is, uh, for Sundays, a volunteer team that serves the church. Their focus is serving the church that day, just like you're used to seeing here on a Mm -hmm. Sunday morning. Our whole volunteer team, the same thing Mm -hmm. at North. But um, what is different about North is that during the week, we will be open. I mean, the business hours that we're looking at, that we're talking about right now, are 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., I mean, being open for business. Mm -hmm. And so the second stream is a team of employees that are running the show. And so very exciting. Yes. Very, very exciting. That's the team. Um, This next part I kind of nerd out about a little bit. It's pretty cool. Uh, Taking a look at the zip code where the North Campus is, 87113, there's some significant things with the the geography, um, with the location there. So first off, the number of households that are there is about 5,900 households, and that looks like about 14,477, almost had it memorized, people. And what's interesting with those numbers is that there are only about five coffee shops in the zip code to serve that number of people. And there are only, there's only one coffee shop that's on that same side of I-25 as the North Campus in that zip code. So, and then just one, uh, the, the next closest drive-through is about two miles away from the North Campus. So you can see there's a need there in that zip code. And not only is there the need, but we have a unique opportunity mm-hmm. with this location. Um, we have an opportunity to create customers and to create raving fans out of people that otherwise, yep. I mean, as you're saying, might never step foot into a church. And so how cool would it be to, to not just invite people to church, but to invite people to Citizen Coffee? Hey, come have coffee with yeah. me. You know, the meetings that you have, the connections and the, the things that you do week in and out, week in and out to invite them to right. Citizen Coffee for right. that. How cool is that? I mean, very exciting. So um, 
with that, what I want to look at some just very tangible numbers, like transaction numbers, what we're needing, what we're looking at to be able to continue ministry through Citizen Coffee and through the North Campus. So these are some transaction counts. Um, the number of transactions that we're needing per week is uh, 2,092 transactions. And then if you further break that down um, by transactions per day and transactions per hour, it's 229 and 37. So we're going to need the support of our church, of our community, um, to make Citizen so Coffee So there's actually commitment too. cards in the, in the, no, I'm joking, there's not. Okay, so <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, so no more going to that particular chain uh, coffee shop that we all know, because um, it's going to be way better, right? Schmarbucks. So this is where we're going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I want to celebrate, too, something that we've been able to accomplish here with this coffee shop since we reopened the shop post-COVID. Remember that? 2020, we actually shut down the shop yeah. for a while. But when we reopened October 2020 until now, we've been able to give back through our 10% Give Back Coffee with a Cause initiative, nearly $15,000 to global and local causes yeah, awesome. and missions. And while, while you're on this, what's cool about this is we're gonna continue to do this. And this is what's interesting. It's, it's interesting talking about business within the church, but what's awesome about this is all profits, all profits with our coffee shop go back to the ministries of our church. This is an amazing opportunity to get into the economy of our city, into the marketplace, but also create a stream of, of funding for our ministries. So it's a really unique opportunity to build a bridge to people, um, but also at the same time to fund our ministries. Lindsay, go, let's, let, um, what's the why? What's like the baseline why behind the coffee shop? Yes, I mean, our, our heart behind it, we really want to be a hub to the community. Yeah. Uh, we want to delight people and refresh them. We want to refresh them with a great cup of coffee, mm -hmm. an excellent cup of coffee, and we want to delight people with a linger-worthy environment. That's yeah. the heart behind it. And who it. doesn't want to be refreshed and delighted? Right, right. I know I could use a little bit yes. of that yeah, in yeah, my yeah. life. So, um, And then just kind of to, to close it out, if... If you're excited about this, if you're interested in this, you want to be involved. We are always growing our team, and obviously we'll be growing a team for another yeah. campus too. So um, you can jump onto citizen.church slash volunteer to find out more, or honestly, what I would love is if you would just come over to the coffee shop today and come see us and say, how do I get involved? How do I get plugged in? And we will we'll plug you in. So Yeah, for sure. I'm, what I'm, I'm so excited about this because I just, again, going back to the community center feel, we want this to be a place where people are. We don't want it to be a building people look at and drive by every day that's empty. We want this to be a part of everyday life for people. Teenagers on the sports courts, people in the coffee shop, people working um, in, in, the, in the foyer in the coffee shop. We want this to be a part of everyday life with openness for the community. Can you guys give Lindsay a huge round of applause? Thank you, Lindsay, so much. The, the third thing we wanna be known for, and then, then I'll, I'll end this today, the third thing we wanna be known for is making a noticeable measurable difference. We want to be known in the neighborhood for making a noticeable and measurable difference. What do I, what do I mean by that? Um, we, we want to be known for something. Acts chapter 17, verse 6 is a scripture I love, and it's always kind of been like an, an anthem scripture for me, a scripture to aspire to. And there was a, a guy talking about the early believers, the apostles, and he says, these are the men who have turned the world upside down and have now come here. What a goal, what, what a statement in scripture to where when we go to a neighborhood, it's not like, uh-oh, here come the Christians that are gonna take over everything, not that. But here comes the church that makes a difference in the schools. 
Here comes the church that we want in our neighborhood. Here comes the church that cares for our teenagers, that cares for the elderly. Here comes the church that builds things in our public high schools. Here comes the church that's focused on physical and spiritual renewal. We want to be such a part of the community to where if we were ever gone, the entire community would feel it. Albert Einstein said this about bees, and I think the church could learn a lot from bees. It says, if the bee disappeared off the face of the earth, man would only have four years left to live. When I first saw that quote, my, the first thing I thought of is, I mean, the church has to at least be more vital than bees, right? If it's true that if bees, because of pollination and, and because of their investment into agriculture and trees and plant life turning into oxygen for us, if their investment matters that much, shouldn't the church's investment matter a little bit more? And I love this metaphor talking about bees because it's exactly what the church should be in the community, where if the church was ever gone, the whole community would feel it. The whole neighborhood would know. And the only way the whole neighborhood would know if the church was gone is if the whole neighborhood knows that the church is there. And it's about making a difference, measurable and noticeable, not just in neighborhoods as in streets, not just in schools as in buildings, but in the students' lives, in people's lives, because God sees individuals. How do we measure making a difference? Life change. People giving their lives to Christ, giving one more person a meal, one more person an opportunity to come to Christ. I wanna to end today with showing you an amazing story, telling you an amazing story on this video from an amazing woman named Laura in our church. My name is Laura Navarro. I am the mother of two beautiful kids, teenagers, Carlo and Jimena. I am also the family liaison at Highland High School, a job that I truly love and embrace because I love helping families in changing their lives by doing many things, getting resources, helping them in through their daily struggles. I am also the director at Boys and Girls Club at Highland, and I just help the school and the kids have a better, safe place for an after-school program. In Highland, Citizens is, has made a great impact. Um, they have donated a bus, they have donated time, um, they have participated in activities, the uh, tailgating, activities before a game, and other activities in the hub with Boys and Girls Club. But most important to me, they have given hope and laughs and many connecting good times with the families and the kids and the idea of a family during Thanksgiving that may not have a meal to share, um, the hope to have the family together uh, by your generosity, it has been just great. That is what I think it does for Highland, as well as just the connection and the, to know that you guys are always there uh, for us. 
Uh, the first time I heard about Citizen Church was when my son was attending Van Buren Middle School and I heard about Holiday Hope, that the church helped families that didn't have uh, family meals for Thanksgiving. And I came in here to the church and I felt a warm welcome. Um, I really connected with the people and it's just good to always be and surrounded around happy people and it's just a really good, really good vibe and a really good spirit in, in the air. Uh, every time I come to service, my kids tell me, please don't cry at service. And I put a lot of makeup and I say it all the time. I'm not gonna cry today, I'm gonna be so strong, I'm not gonna cry. And it always seems that there is some connection into my personal life in what's being spoken that is just hits my heart. And I become uh, speechless and there I cry again and my kids get upset with me. But it's something that I struggle a lot. I don't think there has been one service or that I have no cry, literally. We give Laura and Carlo another big round of applause. That testimony says it all. We want to be known in the neighborhood for caring about people, loving people the way Jesus would love them. When we give in, a, in an offering like Heart for the House on December 4th, we're not giving to buildings, we're giving to life change. We're giving to societal change, neighborhood change. And we believe that hundreds, if not thousands of people who don't go to church yet will come to church because of the generosity of the people who call Citizen Church home. Mark your calendars for December 4th. We want our whole church to be here. There's red envelopes in the seat back pockets in front of you. Prepare them, take it home, talk to your family. What's your sacrifice? I'm not telling you a dollar amount for you. I'm just asking you to sacrifice. And we know God will multiply it and we will celebrate one day when we see the life change happening at Citizen Church North. Do you guys believe that today? Are you excited? Well, let's pray today as you guys are about to head out and then Chris will come up and close. Father, we thank you so much for today. We celebrate life change. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. God, I pray that you would bless everybody here today. God, even in preparation for our Heart for the House offering, we pray that you would bless it provide ways for us to be generous and multiply our sacrifice and multiply our generosity. God, I pray blessing over every person here this week, strength to, be, to do what you've called us to do and to be who you've called us to be. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. amen.